I had an encounter in December of last year that left me feeling very unsettled. I was in a vulnerable position as my partner and I, both female and homeless, had just purchased an RV to live in but were having trouble finding a spot to rent because it was a much older model and we have pets. We parked in the furthest corner of the Walmart parking lot in the bend, or at around 10am one day. My partner had errands that needed to be run and took a bus to do as such and I held down the fall and watched the dogs. It was going to be a long day of waiting around for her to get back so we could leave. I went into the store twice to make some purchases early in the day. I worked on some maintenance and art before getting bored enough to take a nap. As I was taking the dogs out beforehand, two police officers' vehicles pulled up and parked right next to the RV. At this point, I am prepared for them to ask me to move my vehicle or tell me that I can't park overnight or something. After a while of nothing, I fell asleep right away. When I woke up, I could tell it was getting towards the evening. The sun was still very much up, and considering the police presence, I wasn't particularly in the mindset of anything bad happening. Still, I always carried my pepper spray on me. My partner wasn't back yet, although I expected her to be late. She had our only phone, so I went into the store to check the time. The officers had already moved at this point, and the park in the general area was pretty barren, save for one van parked at the spot right behind the RV. I entered the store and went into the restroom at the front. Then I walked to the electronics department to see what time it was on the displays. It was a few minutes before 6pm. I left after only having been in there for a few minutes. As I was walking to the door, the crowd in front of me slowly disappeared to veer towards their respective vehicles. I continued walking behind one man who similarly parked in the same direction as me. He was tall, thin, scraggly, with shoulder length long hair and a black hoodie. I walked maybe 30 feet behind him the whole way. As he passed all the cars by the front of the store, I came to the conclusion that he must have been the owner of the van by my RV. He walked in the clear direction, not looking around to where his vehicle was or anything. After passing the main crown of the parking lot, I got my pepper spray out of my pocket and held it in my hand, as a routine safety measure. The man walked between the back of the RV and the driver's side door of the van. I figured he was about to get in, but instead, he just lingered. I stopped walking that direction and headed towards the more populated parking area at the next door across the street since it was closer than Walmart from this end. Then he looked at me and we made eye contact for a minute. I felt like he recognised me as if he'd been stalking me out and was surprised to see me leaving the store so soon. I continued to walk away while staring at him and he watched me before slipping around the side of my RV where there was some bushes and a fence with no outlet. I'm noping the hell out at this point, so I get into the other store and walk around blankly staring at things for a bit, trying to formulate a plan. It's pretty busy in there, with no one at the customer service desk, so I get into the gas station next door and ask to use the phone. I call my partner and explain the situation to her and tell her not to go directly to the RV, then I headed back to the Walmart, got a coffee at the McDonald's inside, and waited there for another half an hour till she was able to return. Perhaps I should have called the police, as I was worried about my animals. The little dog would bark, but they're not guard dogs, my possessions being stolen. But I had recently called 911 while I was witnessing domestic violence a few days prior. I need to have them take two hours to show up in the middle of downtown. I was worried they would only not help, but possibly harass me for barking there. I don't have a driver's license, so having to move the RV before my partner returned would be a dangerous situation. When she arrived, we went to the RV together. The van was gone. Nothing was touched, despite one of the windows not looking properly. But the pets were very spooked. Maybe they decided against stealing after I caught them. 
but I'm not well off, and honestly, one look at the beat up whole thing would tell you I don't have much worth taking. Honestly, just from the look in the guy's eyes, I felt like he wasn't after material possessions. I'm happy that I never found out for sure. This happened a few months ago, and I didn't realise how weird it was until I told my boyfriend about it a few months later. At my college, our student IDs are pretty much essential to have. They get you into all the academic buildings and get you all of your food on the meal plan. I had lost mine and was forced to go get a new one. I went to the security desk and told the security guard that I'd lost my ID and I needed a new one. He said, no problem, just come with me for a while and I'll print you a new one. He was older. If I had to guess, I'd say about 65, but in very good shape. Definitely over 6 foot, and you could tell he was attractive when he was younger. He had grey curly hair, very well kept, and ice blue eyes. He went to the back security room in the main student commons building. It was a room that was a little ways back, but still had a good amount of foot traffic going on by it. I walked in and sat on the couch that was across from the desk. When he walked in, he closed the door. He went on the computer at the desk and asked me for all my information, student ID, number, name, birthday, class year. When he pulled up my account, he saw my picture and he used it for my ID. He asked if I wanted a new picture taken for the ID, and I said, no I'm good, because I didn't like my picture taken. But also, I looked a mess because I wasn't expecting to need my picture taken. He then said, well your picture's very good, you look pretty, mostly bad. I laughed and said thank you and told him I was a senior in high school and got taken at an orientation almost three years ago. I'm a senior. And he said, well you must have always been pretty. I started to feel weird then, but it's a security officer at my college and it's known for having great security. He then said that the computer wasn't letting print one out about taking a new picture since it was so old. He told me, if you need to get a new ID, it makes you take a new picture after two years because people can change how it looks and we need to make sure it's you for good confirmation. Okay, you just asked me if I wanted a new one, but now telling me I need a new one. I found this weird because I thought this was the case, he would have known in the beginning. But again, he's a security officer and I needed this stupid ID. I said okay, and he said he'd set everything up. He went into a closet within his security room and got a camera out on a tripod and told me to stand up against the wall. I did, and smiled awkwardly. He told me I need to take my hair out of the bum because the hair needs to be down for the ID picture. Okay, I didn't think much of this either, as I've never seen a girl's ID without the hair down, which I now realise is just preference. He took a picture, and he said my eyes were closed. I laughed because my eyes are closed in 9 out of 10 pictures I take. Another reason I didn't want my picture taken. He said, it's fine, I don't mind taking a couple. He then came over to me, and my hair looked awkward, so he was just going to fix it for me, so I liked the picture better. He fixed my hair, and I pulled my head back and said, it's good, I don't really care, no one looks at it. He rolled his eyes and said, whatever, it's your picture, but it would be better if you look fixed in it. Again, I said, it's fine, don't worry, just trying to be polite. After the next picture, I saw a clock on the wall and realised I only had 10 minutes before class. I said, you can use whatever one I don't my eyes closed in, because I have class in 10 minutes, so I have to go. He said, your professor isn't going to be mad if you said you was getting your ID from the security guy. At this point, I realised I'd been in there for 20 minutes, and I wasn't nervous, but more so sick of being in there and wanted out. He then told me to take a few more minutes to print, and just wait on the couch. He then talked to me, asking what my major is, if I have a boyfriend. I told him I did. He asked how long we'd been dating for, and said, Oh, you guys in college are no good. They'll just waste your time. You should break up with him and find someone older and more mature. 
whatever dude, just give me my ID. I didn't respond and just said, okay, well, I'm going to be late for class and I can't be late, so is it okay to just pick this up at the desk after class? He huffed and said, what rush you're in, but it should be ready now, hold on. He then went from the front desk to the back room where the printer was and grabbed my ID. He said, wow, this picture's even better. I'm a pretty good photographer, if I say so myself, and winked. He kept holding my ID, not handing it to me. I was annoyed at this point, and I'm really bad at being assertive. I said, I'm sorry, but I really have to go. He laughed and said, okay, okay. I think a senior wouldn't be as nervous about being a little late, then handing me the ID. I basically snatched it out of his hands, and he said, well, I'll walk you out because you aren't supposed to be back here without a security guard, and I wouldn't want you getting in trouble. I'm thinking, oh god, just let me go. So he walked me out and I said, thanks, and basically ran out of the building. I'm not going to lie, I thought he was weird and flirty, but I never had needed to get an ID before, so I just thought that's how the process was, and that he was just a little too flirty with the situation, so I never said anything to anyone. With three weeks left for school, I somehow managed to lose my ID. I had been borrowing my boyfriend's because I was super busy at the end of the year, and just thought I really don't have half an hour to spare to get a new ID. Finally my boyfriend got annoyed with me using his meal plan and always having his ID and said you need to go get a new one, it only takes 5 minutes. I said no it doesn't, it takes half an hour, I don't have time for that. He asked me what the hell I was talking about and I told him what happened. He said no this isn't okay at all, you need to report it. I said I didn't care enough but I asked him to come with me to get a new one. When I went to get a new one it was a different security guard and he said yeah no problem, just wait here I'll be back in a minute. Not even five minutes later, he was back with a new one. I told him what happened last time, and he looked very concerned. He asked who the security guard was. I didn't know his name, but I described him. He gave me the name and office of the head security guard, and he told him he would call them when he's coming over. I went and talked to the head security officer, and he told me what happened was not a protocol, and he looked into the system and saw over 30 pictures taken of me. He reported it to higher-ups. I had to go in and speak to a group of three people in administration and they let me know that he was fired and wouldn't be allowed back on campus again and to notify them if I see him. I know it doesn't sound like a crazy story like most of them on here and I really don't feel like I was in danger, but I was too naive to feel that at the time. I trusted every security guard, but I have no idea what his intentions were. was up late, my anxiety and I were battling all day and the loneliness of night just made it stronger. It was about 2am, I was trying to chill in the kitchen eating apples and crackers. When I was done, I turned off the lights in the house, double checked the house was locked up and then went to my room and laid down with my dog. I tried to chill out and watch some YouTube for a while. About an hour later, it was roughly 3am and my dog started to freak out. He jumped out of the bed and started whining and scratching the door. I figured he might need to go to the bathroom, so I put his harness and leash on. I do this because my dog gets curious and tries to leave the backyard. The leash is about 15-ish feet long, so he can go to the edge of the yard and do his business where he prefers to. As soon as I opened my bedroom door, he ran fast enough I've ever seen him run, tearing the leash from my hands. I ran after him and turned on my phone's flashlight. He ran out the back door which was wide open. This obviously was not good considering the fact that I had definitely locked it an hour beforehand. I raced to grab the leash before he jumped to the fence. I grabbed some good length and wrestled him onto the porch. 
I held the leash as tight as I could while he was barking and lunging forward towards the bushes. They started rustling and I could hear the sound of someone climbing over the chain link fence. I shined my flash in the direction but saw no one, with my voice shaking. I said loud enough for whoever to hear, Who's there? No response. Shortly after, I saw a long branch stick out and slap repeatedly on the fence. Then whoever or whatever was holding it dragged it along the fence, making a rhythmic ping all the way along. I was absolutely frozen. After a moment of silence came a series of ch 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 noises, and whoever it was started to drag the stick up and down the fence faster and faster and faster. Right there and then, I noped the hell out of my backyard, and back inside, pulling my now foaming at the mouth dog with me. Locking the door behind me, I ran into my parents' room and told them what happened. They called the police and I gave my statement. From what I can tell, the only thing missing is about a 15 pound dumbbell. I can't help but think what would have happened if I didn't let my dog go out of my room last night or if I'd fallen asleep. Needless to say, I hope the person never tries to come to my house again and potentially rob me. I don't know what this person wanted, if they wanted to harm me or what. I'm glad I never found out. When I was 12, me and a group of my friends would play hide and seek in these woods that were on the edge of our neighbourhood. We would always play around 6, but it had to be home by 10, 10.30 at the latest on a weekend, and we weren't allowed to go that far so we couldn't see our houses. Those were the only rules our parents had for us. Well, one Friday we were playing out in the woods as usual, and I, for whatever reason, decided to go deeper into the woods. I can't remember how far I went into those woods. But what I do remember is coming across an old shack. I considered using it as a hiding place, but then I thought they wouldn't come this deep into the woods to look for me, so I decided to head back. However, when I started to head back, I turned my head to look at the shack one last time, and for a split second, I saw someone peeking out the door. Whoever it was quickly turned their head back when they saw me. I didn't pay too much attention to it and headed back. About halfway through my walk, I hear, Psst, kid, come over here. I looked back and saw an old man hiding behind a tree, gesturing for me to come to him. I knew better and took off running. While I was running, I heard him yelling wait, and I could also hear the sound of his footsteps running after me. When I got to the end of the woods, I ran into my friends, who were wondering where I was. I told them to get out of the woods, and we ran to our friend's house. I told them what happened, and eventually I told my mum what happened too. Our parents called the police to search the woods for the old man, but I don't know if they ever found him or not. Our parents never let us play in those woods again after that, but even if they had, I never would have gone back. I'm an avid hunter and love to go hiking, so the outdoors is nothing new to me. For as long as I can remember, I've been exploring. I love all the different things you can find outside. I like the smells of the plants, the sounds of the creatures, the nightfall and how beautiful the stars are outside. I really think I've learned a lot about myself through camping and really improved on lots of different aspects of my life. Now, there was one night about three years ago I went out camping on my own. I wanted to work on some of my primitive hunting skills and just get away from the stress of life. 
I've been working so hard and felt trapped for a while, so finally getting out was a great thing to me. And I was having a great day. I caught some small animals and was cooking them on my fire. I'd done some reading and wrote in my notes. Something else that helps clear my mind. Now I look towards my fire and realise that it's starting to go out a bit. So I put some firewood on and decide to trek out and try and get some more wood before nightfall. I know there's going to be a couple of potentially dangerous animals but I'm not scared because I have my gun and I've seen none in the area. So I begin trekking out when something catches my attention not too far in. There seems to be a hunter's cabin up ahead. I think that's odd because I've never really seen anything like it before. I call out and say hey. Is anyone out there half expecting someone to be like, yeah, and have a good conversation with me? But I'm wrong. I'm only met by my own echoes. I have my gun holstered so I don't feel too scared, and I slowly make my way up there. As I'm going up there, I can hear a voice now, very faintly almost like a whisper. I just assume it sounds more distant because I'm further away. I eventually get there and am disappointed to discover that it's been abandoned. And I mean for a long time. It looks like this place hasn't been used since the 1950s at least. I look in there and there's not much. An old banjo, decaying massively, unplayable, small pictures that you can't see into, and some mouldy cups. I decide to leave. Luckily I find some firewood just close to it. I'm glad I got firewood and can go back to my camp. I don't realise how dark it's gotten outside. As I'm returning, I start to hear a sound. I think, oh, that's weird, my phone's playing music. I then glance down and realise that my phone's still off. I've kept it this way to conserve its battery. So I stop for a moment. I then realise what I can hear is almost like a stringed instrument. It sounds like it's coming from behind me. I then hold my breath to be dead silent, and why here, I still have no explanation for to this day, and shakes me to my core even thinking about, I can hear the sound of a banjo being played from the cabin, I'm so scared that I don't even bother gathering up my things, I simply run out of there back to my car and have this horrible feeling that I'm being followed the whole way back home. I to this day will never go camping in that part of the woods again. It's the most scary thing I have ever experienced in my life, and I never want to feel again.
had a bizarre experience while I was camping on Padaido Key State Park Beach. It's a small stretch of beach with a lagoon on one side and the Gulf of Mexico upon the other. I was setting up closer to the Gulf side, enjoying the stars, just relaxing in my tent at night. This is towards the end of a solo cross-country trip I was on. I had camped all over the country over the previous 35 days and had never experienced anything too scary happening to me. But while I'm laying there, almost simultaneously, the wind goes completely dead on the ocean. No crashing waves, no sound whatsoever. I never truly understood the term deafening silence until that moment. For some reason, my body's response was complete and utter fear. I don't know why, but it's the most scared I've been along the entire trip. I was waiting for something horrible to happen. I had no idea what, but my mind was telling me that something bad's about to happen. But less than a minute later, all the noise returned. Definitely the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. One afternoon, I was completing this 14 kilometer, five hour hike on the edge of town. It's an unkept track at an even ground, overgrown and in many places you rely on colored markers nailed into trees because the track's covered in grass and it's not the easiest hike. And it's into some pretty unforgiving terrain we're all wearing hiking shoes, long pants and long sleeve shirts to minimise the risk of snake bites, etc. We're the only people on the track that day that we saw. It's late afternoon and we're about two kilometres from the remote trailhead. We're coming up onto this ridge and see someone heading for us. He's wearing weird clothes that are very tattered. He approaches us on the track with wild hair and says hello, but doesn't ask for a reply, simply looking straight ahead, continuing wandering the track. He has no bag or clothing other than some tattered shorts. By the time we get back to the car it's dark. We hung around for a bit packing up the car and don't see him again. What's more weird is there's no other cars here. The country is very unforgiving. There's no easy way you can loop back to civilization. All he has is one hike stick. I've never seen anything like it to this day, and I can only assume he's a crazy person out there, living off the wilderness. I had a relative that would seek out ghost towns, and I went with him on a few of his excursions. 
most of the time, you would find one that is relatively well known. Things were overgrown, etc. But there would always be signs of squatters slash campers and hunters or vandalism. One time, he found out about a very small town that was abandoned in the 20s. After a ton of research, he loaded up supplies and planned to hike there to see if he could find it. After several unsuccessful attempted solo hikes, he brought me along. The hike starts out at an old abandoned railroad junction that itself was 5-10 to 10 miles off the road. We followed a rail line for about 5 minutes, it kept diminishing as we went. Eventually we get to a point where there was no longer any signs of the railroad line and we keep going. He's an experienced hiker and he had a plan where he wanted to go this time. After about 15 or so miles we found it. The town itself was very small. I think there's about five houses and a really small general store. One of the houses is in really decent condition. A couple of them have abandoned really quick. Furniture and pictures are left behind. Clothes and other belongings packed but not taken. Almost surreal. We later found out it was dated 1922. The store had some product left on the shelves, but this was not like a store in the traditional sense. It's better described as a trading post. There's a few advertiser signs and a few boxes of soap flakes and hand items that we can't make out. I guess the story was that the town existed because it was on a rail line. There was a grain storage facility that was originally located a few miles away from the rail line. My uncle speculated that people in town either owned or ran the grain facility. The grain facility burnt down to the ground and was diverted away with the rail line, thus the town died. Or it could have been that the rail line diverted and then the grain facility burned down later. Like I said, I've been to a few ghost towns before. This was unlike anything I'd ever seen there. The people that lived there were relatively well off. It doesn't appear to be a farming community. Everything looks frozen in time. There's no roads nearby. The closest paved road's probably 30 miles away. And it looks like no one's ever seen this before but us. When I was a kid in the mid-90s, my friends and I were hiking around in the woods behind our house on ways home my timber property and found an abandoned farmhouse. The weird thing was that the house had been left so abruptly. There was still an open mail, a magazine sitting on the coffee table, all dated back to the same day in the 1950s. Sheets and blankets still on beds. Clothes still in drawers. Pantry full of canned and jarred food. 
Half of it exploded or leaked. Dishes in the sink even. Unburnt candles sitting out waiting to be used. A fridge outside full of food that had been turned to muck and dust. After years of exploring, we never come across anything like this. Even the chicken coop had dozens of skeletons in it. There's even pig skeletons left in the pen. A tractor was parked in the garage and was in great shape for its age. It didn't occur to me as a kid at the time, but aside from the house having been left so suddenly, it was remarkable that the place had been undisturbed. There was no vandalism, signs of entry as far as I could tell. We were the first people to step foot in there for 40 years. Not really camping, but as kids, we lived in a new neighborhood. It was next to about 40 acres of woods and farmland. There were several abandoned houses and barns, equipment and random junk. It was great to grow up there, as we spent nearly every day exploring the area. But, there was one house off the main road, about 200 yards into the woods. It looked abandoned, but a woman lived there. We found out the hard way by trying to get into the house one day. She came out screaming at us. She was scary as hell looking, wearing a dirty dress, gross hair, looking like she's never had a shower. Needless to say, we stayed away from her most of the time. We also never told our parents because we knew they'd never let us play back there again. We did go back though sometime, naming her Crazy Mary. We'd spy on her, and dare each other to get as close as possible. Even then, never getting closer than a hundred feet from her home. About twelve years later, I am home from college and my mum tells me that they took this woman to a mental place. Apparently she lived there the whole time with her dead mum and dad, popped up in chairs in the living room. The figures had been dead there for 15 years, dying of natural causes and being propped up by Mary. That means that they were probably freshly dead when we got chased away all them years ago. One of the most surreal things I experienced was while camping. It happened about two years ago. I was out collecting firewood. I remembered I forgot something and have to go back to my tent. The second I step out again, it's like the world stopped. There's no sound at all. No birds, no wind through the trees, no bugs or cars in the distance. Nothing. I was the only thing making sound, as though someone pressed mute on a volume dial. Inside my tent's fine, 
just not outside. After being outside for 10 minutes or so, it's like an explosion of sound happened. Suddenly birds are chirping. The wind is blowing through the trees and I can hear everything again. Truly an unreal experience. My family used to camp in Angolian Park in Ontario when I was a kid. We used to do a lot of the day hikes with our dog. The dog was a crazy runner and run up and down the trail, back and forth between my parents and my brother and me. This one trail ended at a lookout. My brother and I stopped to take in the view and my dog arrived seconds later running at full speed. He attempted to apply the brakes, but he had so much momentum carrying him that he goes right over the edge. We freak out. Our dogs just went over a cliff, and it's a good 60 foot drop. I venture over to the edge to look, and my dog somehow landed on one ledge that sat about 10 feet down. Now what? At any moment, my dog will fall the rest of the way down. It's a sheer drop with no way back up. Then out of the blue, from the trail behind, a hiker appears with full climbing gear. Now I've never seen anything like it before. The guy goes down, saves my dog, and packs up and leaves. He didn't even stick around to say his name. To all intent and purposes, he returned to the trowel and vanished. One of my friends went on a solo fly fishing slash camping trip for a weekend. He's in the middle of a creek fly fishing and kept on hearing this weird garbling sound coming up from the creek. So eventually he decided to check it out when he took a break for lunch. It turned out to be a homeless guy that tried to commit suicide by shooting himself. My friend hauled back to call 911 and had to hike back in to show the cops and medics where the guy was, but he was never found. My buddy was so freaked out that he just laid there for hours not knowing what to do. I was camping at Yellowstone slash Grand Tents a few years ago. We set up a camper at an actual site and decided to do some two day long backpack trips in some of the longer trails. The second one was the Cascade Canyon, actually beautiful. So we get about 10 minutes into the 22 mile loop and decide to set up our tent here since it was getting dark. We cook some food and chill for a bit before heading back to bed. It gets to around 2am and we're suddenly all awoken by 
some sound outside. My mind immediately goes to bears. Then it starts talking. I'll never forget it. I think there's three or four in a tent. Let's just go out, someone said. None of us can sleep the rest of the night. At the crack of dawn, we hightail it out of there. Hike 12-ish miles into about three hours and get to a ranger station, reports what happened. They said they had received a similar call the night before. They sent a ranger down there. I never found out what was going on. Didn't hear anyone getting hurt. But then again, I didn't want to look into it. Me and my brother were on a mission together one day to go and locate an old house on our property. Now, my family had miles and miles of land. Much of it was forested and much of it was unexplored. It was dangerous to go out there alone in case you got lost or trapped. I mean, you could easily break your leg on something and not be able to get back for hours or days. But still, being outside was nothing new to us. When we both set off, we were both pretty young in our early 20s and didn't bother bringing our cell phones because we had walkie talkies. We had some lights on us and a couple of torches but not much else. We had a rough idea of where the property was we had been informed by our parents that there were squatters there and it was our job to go and investigate. Because it is our land and somewhat feeling brave, we set off towards night. We are looking forward to the cool air and the moonlight. Now as we were getting close to where we think the site is, we both stop hearing this weird screechy kind of sound. We're not phased by it because we know that it's a weird animal out there. So we continue on. Now I didn't say it to my brother, but I can't shake the feeling of us being followed or watched. I eventually mention it to him and he says he feels the same. We've realized roughly where we should be and eventually find it. And wow, great, there have been squatters here. There's graffiti everywhere. Now the building's old, but it looks like it's been ruined by them. It annoys us because we know it's going to be a challenge keeping them out. All we can do is board up the windows and doors and hope they don't return. Now while we're standing in there, we think that my dad's come. We radio him on the walkie-talkie, but only hear static in reply. What more is my brother's doesn't work? We call out and say, Dad, you're right about this, we get no reply. We're confused because out the window, we can clearly see somebody watching us. We come back down and call out for him again, but he's moved now. We think maybe he's headed back and can't hear us. So we start walking that way. 
we're maybe only 10 meters away from the house when we turn back and can see that someone's watching us through the window. We think it's our dad playing a prank on us. So we shine our torch to blind him. But the second we do so, the figure immediately vanishes. Now I've never felt fear like it in my life. I let out a blood curdling scream, drop my walkie talkie, and me and my brother sprint all of the way back. When we get there, our dad's waiting for us at the table asking why we look so scared.